Los Angeles, 2024. Oh, welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. Who am I? I'm H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. I'm Carrie Doherty, and today we're doing a Beyond Golden Girls episode where we cover the many film and TV projects that the women did outside of the Golden Girls during the course of their illustrious careers. Before we get into the project that we're watching, the woman that we're covering, we have some really, really fun stuff happening this week in the GGVIP club. GGVIP uh, club. GGVIP. So first, we have a new fun feature for all subscribers of the Patreon called Our Favorite GG Things, which is a growing collection of our sort of must-have GG items. It's toys, dolls, artwork, mm-hmm. cool stuff on Etsy. Uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast. You can sign up for free to access the super fun list. We'll be adding to it once a week. It'll all be archived. And I've been so excited. I have found so many cool Golden Girls things on (laughs) Etsy from Golden Girls fans that they're making. And I'm getting so excited. One was a shadow box um, key holder of the women's like, it's like basically the front door and Blanche's vase is there and Fernando's there on a chair. And uh, the exclamation point that B. Arthur claims she didn't Mm -hmm. um, carve into the door is there. Uh, That's super fun. Uh, So we hope that you guys will check that out. And if you are a paid member of our GGVIP club on Patreon, today you're getting another episode of the Rusty Anchor Happy Hour where we tell some really nice I feel like you need to start saying that in Blanche's voice. What, the Rusty Anchor Happy Hour? Yeah, you have to pronounce it. It is pronounced Rusty Anchor Happy Hour. All right, at the Rusty Inca happy hour. Thank you. Uh, So we're going to be talking about um, Norman Lear, you know, who recently passed away, a legend in the, uh, you know, TV industry. Obviously, he was responsible for making B. Arthur a household name in television. Mm -hmm. We're also going to watch a really fun clip of B. Arthur on the Rosie O'Donnell show as they're just fangirling on each other and singing Mm -hmm. the mod theme song. Uh, So that'll be a really fun Rusty Anchor happy hour. We're also doing another live Golden Girls watch along uh, for those who are in the uh, Miami Museum program director tier. It will be on Sunday, January 21st. Voting is open on what episode we'll be watching. Uh, So head on over to the GGVIP club. Get your vote in because right now I think two episodes are currently tied. So you could be the tie-breaking vote. Um, And thank you to everyone who has signed up for the GGVIP club. It's been so fun getting feedback on all of our bonus content. Can I say something on the watch? Oh, go ahead. You finish. Yes, of course. I was just going to say you can sign up at patreon.com slash golden girls podcast. That was the that was the end of my housekeeping. You you literally, I mean, par for the course. Anyone who has been listening to this podcast forever, I never follow any of the rules. Um, but uh, I the the watch alongs. So when we did our first watch along, I don't think we've talked about this on the main pod yet. We were we practiced it. We thought we were going great, and then of course on the day it happened, it was like ah technology and technology got in the way. But what I loved about it was it was so much fun with everybody because everyone was just sort of like a trooper and 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 coming through with our own problems that we had with technology and they all sort of like 
quickly did the next plan that we had and everyone yeah, was, it was basically so... like hey guys remember we said to meet us at this bar so sorry we're, we're literally yes. at the bar down the street yes. and then you all came to the bar down the that's street that's what it instead. was and it that's was sort of so... what happened but digitally it was so much fun in the comments and people just watching along and commenting on the episode as we were talking about it. and carrie and i are talking about it everyone's commenting on it and the the, the spirit of joy and happiness in the room and and sort of everything that we've always talked about when we're on the main podcast about the DMs that we get and the people messaging us and all of that, all that's lovely. We saw it in real time and it was really kind of lovely to be a part of. So if that's even enough of a reason to become a member of the GGVIP club, I think that would make me want to do it because that was really fun. It was really fun. I also feel like we're a f- only we're only a short time away from being able to host a live watch along in like the GG metaverse where we're actually <laughs> all sitting in Ooh. the Richmond Street living room watching the Golden Girls and we're all like looking at each other. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. It does. It feels like we're all just hanging out together watching an episode. So oh. we're very, very excited uh, for the next live watch along on January 21st. It's going to be it's going to be a fun one. It but is. Today, it's going to be a fun one. But today yeah. we're talking about this is a project that was sent to us by a fan named Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much thank for you, sending Sarah. us this. Sarah sent we, it a while ago, too. And Sarah we sent it a while it. ago. We appreciate your patience. Today we are watching Rue McClanahan guest star in an episode of a TV show called Remember When, which is a comedy drama TV series that aired from 1996 to 1998 on the AMC channel. H. Yeah. Scott, had you heard of this show before? Well, I want to say, because if anyone is like me, and as soon as you announce the show, someone went to their phone and Googled it, when is spelled W-E-N-N. It's like a, it's a radio show. It's a radio so it's a, show. Yeah, so like, it's not W-H-E, just FYI. Um, I had, I knew about this show in, I think it was the nine. no, was it the 90s? I don't know when it was yes. on. Yes, 90s. I just and, said it. But I, oh yeah, thank you. And I, I'm listening, I swear. Um, no, and I, I remember, but the only, my only recollection of it is I was a fan, for some reason when, when Sarah sent it in and I saw the name, I was like, oh yeah, that TCM show. Um, but it wasn't TCM, it was actually AMC back in the day. And it was sort of like very early on in basic cable television programming. There really was not that that much in the way of of basic cable television programming at that point in the 90s because this was before sex in the city and before all of that and Mad Men and all of those shows um and i rem- and the what made me remember it is i remember because i watched the emmys every single year and people listening to this now the emmys just happened a few days ago so <laughs> i hope succession won um but uh i remember watching the emmys in the 90s as a kid and i watched them religiously and i had my scorecard and everything and i think i got wrong something that remember when won it won like costume or something something ridiculous and i was like what the fuck is that show and because i didn't know because every show that won emmys then was a network show it was on right. like it was like you know nbc cbs whatever it wasn't amc was not winning emmys at that point and it was a shocker when like fox would win an emmy you know what i mean it was like crazy that fox was winning emmys at that point that's the kind of level that's the year we were so that's how i knew this show was me being like what the fuck is that show it's so funny that that is your experience with this show i i'd never heard of it before this show i thoroughly enjoyed it this show is about so it's set at a fictional pittsburgh radio station in the kind of late 30s early 40s 
Um, it's like the per- personal and professional lives of all the people that work at the radio station. It's during World War II, the golden age of radio. Um, you know, it feels this show to me felt like a prequel to news radio, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it's a workplace comedy and, and you know, uh, and about a radio show. It This show, it was created by Rupert Holmes. He's a British-American composer, singer, songwriter, dramatist, author. Uh, this was his only TV show, but he adapted a lot of movies into stage plays like mm. The Nutty Professor, A Time to Kill, and oh, wow. one that I would love to see, which is The First Wives Club, which is like pretty much already oh, yeah. a musical. Yeah. So like Death Becomes Her, which actually is going to be a musical in Chicago coming like this fall or spring or something. Oh, yeah. I want I can see right through you. Oh, I someone re- I during the last episode we brought up Death Becomes Her and someone messaged me being like, Are you going to see the premiere in Chicago or something? So oh. fly me out and I will. <laughs> Maybe it will line up with Golden Con. That would oh, be maybe. incredible. That would be so. Would be this, so Rue guest starred on just one episode of this television show. She guest starred on season two, episode five, "The Diva That Wouldn't Die." She played Dusty Fox, which is she's just doing Blanche Devereaux. If she yeah. were filthy rich and her husband was still alive, she's in doing the nineteen thirties. Boys, yeah. In the 19, yes, in the sort of late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. This episode aired, it aired in 1996. This was three years after the Golden Palace had completed. Around this time, Rue was doing a lot of TV guest star spots, yeah. TV movies. Stage work. Stage work. Mm-hmm. So she was just kind of bouncing around, having a lot of fun. And I... Well, she was becoming, she was becoming a character actress. Mm-hmm. I think a really great character actress in... Her sort of like her la- her senior years, her golden years, if you will. I I how did you I I loved this show. Well, I okay, let me let me loved say. this show. Okay, let me okay okay. I as I was watching it, I loved Rue. I loved Rue on this show. I thought Rue every time Rue was on the screen, I was like, ooh. And we must say too, if anyone does want to watch this, they can go. Did we say this yet? AMC Plus is where you can watch this, but you can also buy it on Amazon. You can other places. So do your research. Um, I loved when Rue was on screen, and I loved Rue's wigs. Oh my God, they are such Sadie Pines wigs. They are beautiful and red, but they're like an red. orangey red. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, she looked so insanely good. This is perhaps the best she's looked in anything she did post Golden Girls. I, I'm going to say that. I will definitely say that. Um, I will I, say, I really did like I loved her in like Wicked her... too. I loved her I... look in Wicked, I will say. That's a good look too. I, well, I don't, what was the movie she did? She did like The Wickedest Witch, right? Do you remember yeah, that one we watched? She was good in that, but that was during The Golden Girls. Oh, it was, okay. I was just so saying after The gonna... Golden Girls. Like ever, her, mm, her okay. post Golden Girls years. I, I don't would say we... this... And and that Walter Matthau movie she did about um, when she was on the boat that she looked good in that too. But she just looked so good in this. But she the actual show, the actual show, I'm gonna say, I was not necessarily a fan of only because te- basic cable programming has gone so far since this show, and you could tell that it was shot in an empty space somewhere not so great and it it felt like they used cameras from you know 
KCPPW, Channel 5 News. Like it just felt like. It was like, a period show. But it didn't, the cameras didn't look like of the period that they were doing. The it cameras looked, looked like. It looked soapy. It looked like a soap opera. It was, it was yeah. theater. It was theater. And I was okay with that. I didn't need mm. extras walking around in the background of that radio station. I did. I, I, you know, this is a show. Here's, here's why I think it's a good show. Having only seen one episode. Because I was able to jump in on that one episode yes. and give a shit about people uh, and, will, st- and know their dynamics and know who they are. That's very true, and that that is that 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 is a great. The writing, I will say, was it was fine. That was good. It was it was just, like it it was soapy and campy and fun, and it the just music didn't hold was, me. It didn't um, hold me in the way that other one-off shows. Like remember that episode, even the crazy episode we watched of oh god, the Betty White. And and Marie Osmond and Cloris Leachman was on it. That one episode yes. of that we mm-hmm. watched. I forget the name of the show now. But um, even though that was like a crazy script that made no sense, that wasn't Halloween at all, but was Halloween, and it oh, was yeah. it was it was batshit crazy. That to me was like more enjoyable because I was able to come in and understand these characters and know who they are and all of those things. But it 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 flowed in a way that like made sense to me, whereas this didn't hold me. In the way, the only time it held me was when Rue was on the screen. As soon as I heard that voice, I was like, oh, she's back. Yay. You know what I mean? Like, Did it, it didn't. But didn't this show make you miss the days of radio? Um, as someone who my first job was, in, one of my first jobs was in radio. No, it didn't. Um, it didn't. It, you and I had such different experiences. What about when you would sit at home and you'd call you know, WBCM 104.1 because you wanted them to play a certain song oh, and you'd wait and you'd wait and you'd wait with your little boom box and then they'd start never to play it and you'd hit record. And then if you were lucky, they'd say your name on the radio. Like did when I called, to you? I called one time, I called the oldie station and I, because this was when I discovered Stand By Me and River Phoenix and I mm. wanted to listen to Stand By Me by Benny King. I just King. interviewed Rob Reiner, by the way, who directed Stand Oh, you by did? Me. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll have an offline about that. Maybe we'll chat about it on the Rusty Anger Happy Hour. I want to yeah. hear about Rob Reiner. So, speaking of Norman Lear, we should yeah. talk about Rob Reiner I talked then. about Norman Lear with him, yeah. Then we'll talk, we'll talk about yeah. that. So, I, I, I called and I requested and... Um, I requested him to play Stand By Me and he played it and but he thought my name was Terry and I said no it's Carrie K E R R I and he said okay Carrie K E R R I and then the song played and he went and there's uh, Benny King Stand By Me going out to Carrie and I was like K E R R I and I remember when it started playing my sister was there and her friend Corey and um and we all clapped we were clapping oh that's <laughs> we were sweet. so excited that is actually to hear sweet. my name on the radio but and now did that they bring station back those Vibes? That, that oldie station is playing songs from the 90s, um, which I is can't. crazy to me. Uh, no, it didn't bring back those vibes for me. It didn't. It. I don't know. There was just something I needed for me with shows like that, too. And one of the things, because this show is obviously a period piece. And as someone who is a lover of history, I when I'm watching a show that is so distinctly a period piece, I need those outside elements of what was happening at the time to sort of like almost almost anchor me to what I'm watching. And this episode had it because, you know, there was one bit that I don't know if we'll play the clip, but that that they're talking about sort of like the celebrities or whatever. And they bring up like movie stars and then they're like, no, the Roosevelt's and like that that to me, that was a good part. But it just it needed more of it for me. I don't know. 
Okay. So you, yeah, I didn't pull that moment, but all right. So, yeah, those were the sort of like. But I didn't mind it. Don't get me wrong. Quick, quick banter. Yeah, that was, was an a enjoyable 29 minutes for me. Um, all right. It, well, I mean, it wasn't like horrible. I'm not like I'm not like pissed. I spent the time watching it. Okay. I yeah. No, you don't seem you don't seem pissed. Yeah. Yeah. You just see you seem you feel the lackluster. The lackluster yeah. is coming across. It and feels that's like okay. I drank a flat soda. Mm, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Well, I do want to jump into the show because we are going to talk about all of Rue's fabulous outfits yes. and moments. So let's take so a break. should we take a little break and come back and jump in? Mm-hmm. And we are back talking about Rue McClanahan, guest starring on an episode of Remember When. So very quickly, just to kind of give you the the sort of three main characters on this show. First of all, everybody talks. I had to Google because I was like, I didn't want to call it old timey talk because I didn't want to sound like a dummy. So I had to Google it. Everybody's doing the transatlantic accent. The Catherine Hepburn accent. Yes, yes, the Catherine Hepburn. So I guess I ended up watching like a five-minute YouTube video. Kids were taught this accent in school. It was taught also in drama school. I guess it was the hallmark of aristocratic America theater that people were taught to speak this way to sound more formal. Yeah, yeah. that, that you were of a higher class, when in reality, I feel like everyone talked like us. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't know. I They just would have been like, you sound like a street rat, because from Boston, like, ugh, talk about. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to, ugh. <laughs> I just watched a documentary on Katherine Hepburn, though, and it is very hard to leave an episode of Remember When or watching a documentary about Katherine Hepburn or any of those things and not leave it going, oh, Spencer, yelled poop. Like, you can't, like, you can't not, let's go to the store and get an apple. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. a tangerine. I'm going to go to the store and get a tangerine, Rose. And that's how everybody talks this way. And sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's slow. You know who also did? Mm-hmm. It made me think of um, one of my Favorite movies, also speaking of Katherine Hepburn, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Aviator, which is about, uh, you know, the Hughes guy. But I only watch it. <laughs> the for, Hughes guy. I only Howard watch Hughes. it for um, yeah. for Katherine Hepburn. Kate Blanchett is Katherine Kate Hepburn. Blanchett. So she does that accent so well. Oh, she does it so, so well. It's yeah. going to be so, so good. Oh, it's going to sweat. <laughs> I, and I, honestly, and I think, okay, so the characters, because I do want to say, I think there is one reason why I was so, I really was like in a, in a trance watching, watching this program. Mm, program. So, program. So the, uh, so the first one, uh, Betty, she's the writer. She's the sort of Elizabeth Moss of, um, of Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she writes all of the advertisements. She writes the, you know, the narrative shows. They have this one show called The Hands of Time. And it is voiced by a diva, The Hands of Time, this show. She was a Broadway actor and now she does radio and she's very, very, very particular and she's very, very, very um, uppity at times. Mm-hmm. And that is Hillary. And uh, then there is Scott, who's the station manager. He's kind of a buffoon. The actor who played Hillary, Melinda Mullins, I think part of the reason why I love this show so much, I could listen to that woman talk and act like that character every day for the rest of my life. Like the inflections, the cadence, I could bathe in it. And 
I I did ask you to pull a moment of her talking because it was like it was like smooth butter against my ears. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, and I'm obsessed with it. Many of these same words occur in Shakespeare, Marlowe, and Ibsen. It's the way you've arranged the words that I don't like. Oh, so it's my writing. Oh, really? We're calling this writing, are we? Really? Betty, Betty, dear sweet cornfed Betty. What I'm trying to say is, Elizabeth does not like living on the farm. I know. She told me so. And if Elizabeth is not happy, then Henry is not happy. And Hillary's not happy. I did like that delivery. Hillary's not happy. That was every single... and, And I was just like... I want to watch you act forever. Mm. She was so good. That's how I feel about Marissa Tomei. Oh, Marissa Tomei. I fucking love Marissa Tomei. I do too. But this isn't about Marissa Tomei. When Sissy Spacek slaps her in in the bedroom, my God. Wait, what movie was that in? Was that in My Cousin Vinny? No. uh, (laughs) In the bedroom. It was her second Oscar nomination and Sissy Spacek slaps her and it's so good. Well, how do you feel? Okay, real quick, and then I want to get back to this episode. Do you think that Marissa Tomei, it wasn't a mix-up. She was actually supposed to win the Oscar for That was the Vinny. big drama is that Jack Palance, yeah. who had won the Oscar the year before, and he everyone thought because he was old that he read the wrong name. But no, she did, in fact, win. I just mm-hmm. have a feeling the other actresses canceled themselves out because they were all, like, British actresses from, like, very high-class British films, and mm-hmm. they were all kind of doing the same thing, sort of. And then she was just out here being like, so you got the carburetor. And it like the 1967 Buick didn't have positive oh, traction. So good. Oh, you're a little deer. You're sitting at a little brook, <laughs> and then bam! <laughs> She's so good. She's I love Marissa so, Tomei. They I also love. I also love oh that she will God. do any part. She is not one that is obsessed with being lead. She will do. She was in. She was the barista in What Women Want. An Oscar winner was the barista in What Women Want. That's how you do it, Hollywood. What women want. Remember when. That's me getting us back on track. So, okay. So that is Hillary. And she's talking to Betty, um, the actor, or the writer, rather. So uh, everybody at the station, they're all addicted to this gossip radio show. They're always listening to it in their offices. um, And it's like, it's technically their competition. And they're like, we need our own celebrity gossip show. Luckily... Because Hillary was a Broadway actor. She has a lot of Hollywood connections. She's kind of got like her finger on the pulse of Hollywood gossip. So everybody's like, okay, fine. You'll, you know, Hillary, you're going to do this gossip show. And then we meet Rue, again, who plays Dusty Fox, a rich woman who owns a company that sells ads on the radio show. Rue is wearing this form fitting dress in like a light olive green fur or like suede and then there's like a suede kind of head wrap she's got this gorgeous red hair everything it is i mean i think they spent the episodes that's probably why there were no extras in this episode the entire budget went to rue mcclanahan's wardrobe and hair and i'm fine with that it was absolutely gorgeous so in this opening scene she she meets betty the writer and if you close your eyes and listen it sounds like blanche talking to dorothy before she goes out on a date and she's just like insulting her mm-hmm. let's all close our eyes and listen shall we okay oh, what are you doing in that drab little frock don't you know you have to announce yourself big 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 uppercase this little outfit is definitely worst case uh, betty this is mrs fox Call me Dusty, honey. <laughs> Dusty, honey, is the sponsor of the Hands of Time. 
Oh, it's nice to meet you. You know, I love the name of your company, the Midas Touch. Do you call it that because whatever you touch turns to gold? Actually, honey, whatever my husband Hubie touches turns to gold, and I touch Hubie. <laughs> oh, that's very clever. That's very. And clever. I touch Hubie. The way that oh. dude said that's very clever. Michael and I have a thing that we quote. So we both love showgirls a lot, and there's that, a line. That lines up. I know, right? And there's a line in it where the like promoter of the show or the announcer of the show or whoever it was, they're doing some sort of like press thing outside of the show and they're announcing some girl and he goes, and they're going to be very, very sexy. And that guy sounded like that, that guy to me. Oh, it's good. It's a stupid oh, moment. Funny. It's the stupidest moment. But yet we say it to each other quite a bit. That is really funny. I don't remember that moment, but it is a great <laughs> This is movie. our relationship. We quote moments that no one remembers. That's us. Well, no. I feel like I'm and sure. No one's remembers I'm sure, that moment. I'm sure other people remember that moment. I'm sure it's not just you. Um, Hubie is, that is a name. Have you That's, ever met a Hubie? Well, it's funny you say that. So I didn't know how it was spelled, but when it said Hubie, it reminded me of my grandfather who was named Hubert, Hubert, which yes, that name I've heard of. Maybe that's her nickname for him. Maybe his name, which is Hubert. makes me wonder if it was a short, like a shortening for Hubert, mm, yeah, or Hugh. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, Hugh, Hubie. Yeah, it's like, a cute, it's like Scotty. You know what I mean? It's like a cutie yeah. way of saying Hugh or Hubert, which are arguably boring names. Yeah, it also reminded me of Gooby. Do you remember that movie? No, I don't remember Gooby. What is Gooby? Gooby is a terrible movie. It's very scary, kind of, but it's about a boy and his, like, teddy bear comes to life, and it's, like, an eight-foot, like, Scottish man. The actor from, one of the actors from Harry Potter is in it, um, who plays Hugh, Gooby. Mm, okay. Anyway, Gooby. It's, it's, it's kind of a terrifying movie. I remember Gooby, Gumby. Gooby, Gooby, Gooby. All right, back to my notes. So... Uh, so yeah, so she is, Dusty is very, very Blanche. She's very excited to sell some ads if they do a Hollywood gossip show, but, uh, Scott and Betty are like, uh, I don't actually think that Hillary is going to be into the idea of hosting the show because she thinks she's kind of above it. Mm. So, but luckily, as Scott says, Dusty Fox is a great con artist who can convince anyone to do anything. And she's going to convince Hillary to do this gossip show. Do you ever have a moment in your career or whatever you do that you think you can't do something because you're above it? I do. Mm. And it just happened to me recently. Tell me about it. Well, you see, you know how I'm a hard-hitting journalist. I'm basically um, four people's Diane Sawyers. And (laughs) I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh well no so i got a bit of uh i got a bit of news a little gossip hollywood gossip hollywood news and it was like it was certifiable right but i couldn't i could not write the story i could not break the news i could not get it out into the world because it would ruin relationships that i have with a particular network on television that i need mm. to maintain in order to do what i do so i had to say i'm above this i can't do this but I will try hard to give it to somebody else. And then that other person didn't pick it up and other outlets got it. But will you tell me about it when we're offline? Yes, I will. It was very juicy. 
All right. Um, I don't I don't think I'm above anything. I mean, especially now that I have a child, I'm certainly not above it, anything. But I will say along those lines, I too, since Dan and I have formed relationships with certain people in the reality TV world, mm-hmm. ha- will learn things that I'm like, ooh, my friend who writes a People magazine might really like to know about. But you can't say anything because then you're, you're yes, betraying you trust. No. I mean, sure. In certain no. situations, you can, you can. I mean, yes, there are certain things that you don't want to betray someone's trust, but there's other things where you can be like, oh, well, this will be good for them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's okay to like share this bit of news or whatever. So, like, it, okay. it, it depends. Like, when I'm on the podcast, you know, Newsweek and I'm talking about stuff that's happening in the world, like, I need to be able to be free to say, like, for example, earlier today, sure, I might interview Bradley Cooper at some point, but I need to be able to make fun of him because he is desperately begging for an Oscar right now. And I need to be able to make fun of that. So, like, you have to be free to be able to do these things and say the things you need to be able to say. If you talk to him, ask him how angry he is with all of the Eagles coaching staff, because I guarantee you he's fucking pissed. What is what does any of that mean? We'll talk about it offline. Okay. This is this isn't a podcast about the Eagles, but if we were that's a, to that's a that's a football team, right? Yes, that's a football team. It's a, a professional football team. So okay, ruin Hillary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have to say because again, I've already said Hillary. I love her speaking voice. Rue obviously doing Blanche's voice. That's like my favorite speaking voice. The yeah. two of them acting off of each other. It's like watching Dorothy and Trudy play tennis. Yeah. Just a beautiful rhythm back and forth. And to me, this to me, when you say like ASMR, mm-hmm. it's the two of them speaking to one another. It's heaven to my ears. So can I do want to t- play a little bit oh, of sure. their their kind of tit for tat. Before we go off on another tangent, please, can you turn the volume up on it a little bit too? That's as high as it goes because of the quality of the show that we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Now, let me tell you about this brand new show I have starring little old you. Starring little <coughs> me? Well, I'm certainly flattered. Yeah, I even have a name for it. From Hillary's booth. I like it. All takes place in a ticket booth. Very avant-garde. No, more like a restaurant booth. A cooking show. Bon appetit. <laughs> no, darling, nothing so common as that. This is, well, it's more like a news show. A news show. The news. Uh, all about the daily goings on of America's royalty. You mean like FDR? Ooh, I mean like MGM. <laughs> stars. Movie stars. They're telling me you want me to do a gossip show. Oh, no, I wouldn't say gossip. Neither would I. Thank you so very much. Uh, but. Okay, so can I say something? Oh, that, I was holding my breath. That's how beautiful that was. It's so funny that you were holding I'm your so breath. I'm so sorry because... that somebody just cranked their volume up and then I just screamed. I'm, oh. I apologize. Yeah, no, I mean, I, no, they won't hear it because I'll adjust it in post. Um, but <laughs> production notes to your listeners. You can only get that yeah. on Patreon most days, but today you today, get it on the main. you guys get um, it. <clears throat> no, so it's so funny that you're lost in the language and how they communicate and stuff because <laughs> I mean I am I'm the queen of tangents but you know I got lost because I wasn't as entertained by the show as you were every time Hillary and and Rue would have conversations my brain my brain would go to Hillary being Alec Baldwin's wife Hillary whose name is spelled Hillary, but pronounces it Hillary because she fakes her accent and says she's from Spain when she's from Boston. And um, we're a terrible people. Are we? Why? Boston people or Hillary? No, I was just. Or you and I. 
No, no. Oh, that makes me sad that that's where you went. Like, I don't we know. We are, aren't we? I, no. I, know. I mean, I, I know just, I kind of am. I'm a little wrong. No, I, I was being a little self-deprecating about Boston people. Oh, well, no. People I mean, Boston people. No, no. I will say this right now. Boston people are incredible. I've only had good shows in Boston. I've had great sex in Boston. I've gotten into trouble in Boston. So Boston is a great city to me. And it's home to my favorite elected official in the United States, Miss Elizabeth Warren, Warren. whose takedown of Mike Bloomberg I watch probably four times a year because it's my porn. Anyway, I my brain went to Alec Baldwin's wife, Hillary, and it made me think, how would Rue McClanahan take down the fakeness of Hillary Baldwin? And uh, wow, you really did not like this show. You really you're you're right. You were drinking flat soda. I was drinking. I was drinking like a milkshake. I was just, mm. I was just. I don't like just, milkshakes. Uh, I don't, we can't, we can't. We have so much more to talk about. We cannot talk about milkshakes. I don't even, how am I going to even write the copy for this? I don't even, like, what did we talk about? We talked about everything. It's going to be a paragraph long. So they finally get Hillary to agree to do the gossip show after she gets caught in like a little lie about why she can't do it. So she's doing it. She's not happy about it, but she does that thing where she's like, you know, that sort of fake modest, like, oh, yes, no, no, I, I did want to do it. It's going to be magnificent, like that sort of thing. But really, she's dying inside. Yeah. Then we learn that Scott, the doofy manager, made a deal under the table with Rue. So if Rue, if they convince Hillary to do the gossip show, they have to fire her from the actual show that she loves doing, The Hands of Time, which mm. is like the soapy dramatic show. Yeah. And Betty, the writer, is not happy about this because even though Hillary sucks, Betty knows the hands of time means a lot to her. But yeah. nobody wants to tell Hillary that she's going to be fired from the other show, so nobody tells her. The problem with Hillary's gossip show is that that's none t- of her Hollywood friends want to actually talk to her about Ooh, anything. That's a, that's a great place to maybe take a break on oh, yes, what will we've happen got- what will happen next with Hillary? Will her Hollywood friends come to her rescue? Will Hillary Baldwin come in and Alec Baldwin scream at people? Alec Baldwin screamed at me once on the phone. We should take a break and come right back. <laughs> That's what those shows used to do. And we're back. And okay, I, I don't want tangents. Can you, in 30 seconds or less, tell me about the time that Alec Baldwin screamed at you? 30 seconds. I never do anything in 30 seconds. <laughs> anything, just ask Michael. Um, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't ask fire. follow up. I'm I can't. on you fire, are on fire right now. You're on, on something. You are okay. on something. Okay, okay, yeah, I just had Metamucil, so I'm ready to go, people. Um, I is a kite. No, I I was working for a politician in New York City who shall remain nameless, Anthony Weiner, and uh, um, I got a phone call. I was working in fundraising, and Alec Baldwin came called me, and he wanted to relay a message to to Anthony, and he was very angry about something, and then he just started yelling at me like on the phone, and I was right, I was making notes about whatever weird things he was talking about, but he was just screaming at me, like I was. Like, remember that recording that came out of him calling his daughter a little piggy or something? I do. That that's what I felt like. This was before that. But that's what I, f- I think it was. That's what I felt like. I felt like a little piggy being yelled at. And then I hung up the phone and I was like, well, you're ugly. He's not, mm. though. You see him in Working Girl and, oh, he is not ugly. Okay. That's fine. I also have an Alec Baldwin story. I'm going to save it for another day, though. It's not as good oh. as yours. So. Is it juicy? Okay. Though? 
No, not really. It was just okay. at the, I'll just say it then, then at the Savannah Film Festival when I was in college, he came because he had a movie and um, I worked at the restaurant that hosted the after party and uh, Alec Baldwin showed up with a security guard and who put like four little velvet ropes around him while he sat by himself at a little high top table. Now, mind you, this was Loco's Grillin' Pub. Like it wasn't a fancy place. It was literally a UGA sports bar you know, go dogs or whatever. And um, so every time somebody walked in, he, Alec Baldwin just sat there like drinking his drink by himself, looking sad and lonely. Mm. And the bodyguard, as as everybody walked into the restaurant for the after party, um, the bodyguard just kept saying over and over again, like on re- repeat on a loop, um, please do not look Mr. Baldwin in the eyes. Mr. Baldwin does not wish to make eye contact contact with anyone please do not look mr baldwin in the eyes wow. just as people and everybody was like i don't give a shit i'm here to like have a free drink yeah um anyway it was really like kevin costner it was sad did the bodyguard look like kevin costner no he did not and i don't want to know the story about kevin costner that you have because i don't have that because one. I don't have that. now so <laughs> the gossip show that so none of hillary's friends want to talk to her about hollywood so when it comes time to actually do the show, she only talks about one celebrity, and that is herself. And that is such a Blanche Devereaux move. Yes. She talks about gossip, and she's like, and who would that person be? Why, it was me. And I was like, oh, you're so Blanche Devereaux. Rue, a.k.a. Dusty Fox, she is not happy with this. So she returns to the station, and I have to say, and I'm wearing this, it's hot as fuck in this closet that I'm in right now, but I wore this sweater tonight because it looks like what Rue was wearing in this scene, Oh, which I think is also... I think the creator of the show was a huge Golden Girls fan because Rue in this scene was dressed basically in the same outfit that Blanche wore when Rose dreamt they went to Russia. She has like the white and black spotted, what is it, the muff that keeps your hands Mm -hmm. warm Mm -hmm. and a matching coat. I'm going to post a side-by-side photo on our socials, but look, if you're looking on the video right now. Why are you wearing that? It's so hot. Because what did I say? I said, when we start doing video, I'm going to commit my clothes. I'm wearing the same thing I wore last week. But look, doesn't it look like a muff? It does look like a muff. It looks like you just kidnapped two little doggies and you're holding them hostage. Yeah, it's so yeah. hot. I'm sweating and this is dry. I like how happy you were at that statement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I kidnapped two dogs. Yes. <laughs> Just for I this little bit. It's so hot in this thing. Um, oh. I did not pay for it. IMDb paid for it. Um, and then I took my wardrobe and I didn't really ask. Nobody tell IMDb. Nobody needs I to know. I love you, IMDb. Thank you Nobody so much for all of your support. No. Plus, okay, so Amazon I owns them. Think... They have so much money. I know. They have so much money. So I think we, do we have a clip of this moment? Yes, we do. do, Of Rue freaking out and threatening Mm -hmm. Hillary. Goody Dusty. Kiss, kiss. So how'd you like your new show? I didn't. Oh, pity. Guess I didn't dish enough dirt, hmm? You know, you're the kind of dame that gives dirt a bad name. Now that's interesting. Coming from a woman who's named after household drinks. I mean, she's got a point. Oh, was that the end of the line? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do feel like in some of the lines, Rue is sort of dialing back on Blanche and slipping in a little bit into her sort of Oklahoma accent, you know? Yes, I I heard that too. It feels very like, it feels very Reba McIntyre. Like if you Mm. listen to Reba talk, because Reba is from Oklahoma, if you listen Mm -hmm. to Reba talk, it's not quite Southern, 
but it's definitely not Midwestern. It's like a, it's like a, it's its own kind of accent. Uh, so this, I mean, if you close your eyes, that exchange, it really did feel like two golden girls, two golden girls kind of going toe to toe. Yes. Barbara Thorndike. Mm, yeah. Real Barbara Thorndike. So Hillary is written off of the show. Uh, I I feel for her. She finds out, you know, that she is written off of the hands of time, which is the, you know, the the dramatic narrative show that she does. And I actually really enjoyed this scene because, I mean, she's and again, this is a radio show, but she's dressed in black like for a funeral mm-hmm. and she's preparing to read her final script where her characters killed off. Everybody's like, are you are you ready? And she's like, yes, yes, I'm ready. And it's like, it's so dramatic. And like, can you imagine, can you, it reminds me of, can you imagine like being on a huge hit show like Game of Thrones mm. and finding out, at, I didn't either, but in finding out at like the table read that your character is dying, you find out all of a sudden with oh, all these other people and you're suck. like, oh, there goes my paycheck. Oh no, suck. I don't you know get what to, it did I don't make have me a job of, anymore. Because I've been watching a lot of like Julianne Moore stuff recently because of May, December and just loving Julianne Moore. And I didn't know that she, I knew she was worked on soaps, but I didn't know she was a soap actress. But did you know that when her character, because she was such a great actress, that they made her play twins, but the twins were like separated at birth or something, and one was British. It was very like not Freaky Friday, but Parent Trap. One was British and one was like U.S. or something. And and American. Yes, and she um, when they when they, when she left the show, she didn't get fired. I don't think, but when she left the show. It was so hard that they had to cast two different actors for the two roles that she played. That's how good of an actress Julianne Moore is. I didn't know that she did soaps, but I can see why people would need to hire two actors to play those roles. Yeah. Because she's that incredible. She's that incredible. So Hillary, this this scene I loved. Hillary pulls, she pulls a total Blanche move. She refuses to die as they're recording her death scene. She just starts improvising. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, no, she, you know, Catherine died. And she's like, no, no, I'm actually fine. I was hit by the car, but I got right up. And like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and, I think at a certain point when you have nothing else to lose, go balls to the walls. You know what I mean? Balls Who cares? to the wall. And they're on live radio. Like, what yeah. are you going to do about it? Who cares? And I it did was that so at my brother's cause... wedding. What, you went balls to the wall? Well, yeah, because it was bombing. Everyone was bombing at the speeches, mm. and I needed to save the day. So I went up there, and I told a funny speech because everyone else sucked, even though I wasn't scheduled to give a speech because I was the little brother or younger brother. So, I mean, he's younger than me, but I was like, I have older brothers. We have older brothers who are giving right. more serious speeches, but they all sucked. And so I had to go up there, and I had to save the day. And sure, I told an inappropriate story, <laughs> but everyone left loving what I did and they remember me and they don't remember anyone else. I'm just saying. So like when you, so when you have nothing else to yeah. lose balls I mean, to the walls, nothing people. to lose balls to the wall. That's what she did. And it was, it was a really funny scene. Cause they kept like killing her and then she'd come back to life and then she'd mm-hmm. kill them and then have a really good excuse as to why they can't come back to life. It was just really, really funny. Yeah. And it reminded me of when I was a kid me and my friend Kim used to essentially make radio shows that we would record with oh. my boombox and a little audio cassette tapes. And yes, this is the same Kim 
who we pranked with the scary clown bit that yes. one time. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows Poor that Kim. story. Poor, Poor Kim. Kim. <laughs> you know, but we're kids. So, you know, we don't script anything. Yeah. So I, and I remember, cause my mom saved these for years. I don't know if she still has them, but we would be like, we'd be arguing as we're recording our little shows. Like I remember we used to always do like a haunted show. Mm. And I remember one time Kim, she was having a gas just rattling the swing set chains and pretending Ooh. to be a skeleton. And I was like, okay, that was fun. But like now we're in another part of the haunted castle. Oh my but God. then she would just shake the chains and I'd have to yes and her. So I'd be like, I guess the skeleton broke free and followed us, even though it definitely wouldn't have been able to squeeze through this <laughs> tiny secret tunnel and out into the haunted garden. And so that's what that Did scene I? reminded me of where you're you're somebody's pressed record and you're forced to yes and this someone who is pulling in the opposite direction as I, you i have a story that remind you reminded me of a, my own jesus story. christ i know i can't but should i save it you for know the what Patreon? Should I save no it? you know what tell it? it because we're almost wrapped in this episode and yeah. and i really just wanted to listen to all the rue parts we have one more fun rue part we're doing okay on time let let's make do this, we have another clip your... though we don't have another clip though do we no. Um, no. No, we don't have another okay. clip, but I was we worried. do. I was worried. No, no, we're okay. Why don't you? Why don't you go ahead and tell your story? Well, because it, it reminded me because when I was a kid, we didn't make radio plays. Me and my best friend Lori, we made. Well, no, it wasn't even that. We were like literally in college at this point, and we would come home and we would make stupid movies, like stupid movies. And so one year we made. She lived on Briar Hill or Briar something. And so we called it the Briar Witch Project and we made the Blair That's Witch fun. Project, but Briar and like one of the guys in it are still a friend of mine. He's, he's, he's actually certifiably famous now, Colin Donnell. He's been in lots of things. You can look him up. Um, and he was in it and we made this stupid thing, but it reminded me of the yes ending of it because it was all stupid shit of like us in the woods, like shaking and smoking and crying. And it was snowing outside because it was winter or whatever. But Lori did this thing <laughs> when you were talk talking about Kim doing the noise thing. It reminded me of Lori at the end. So the Briar Witch, the, the scary witch at the end is just Lori with her graduation robe um, tucked around and she put a mannequin's head on top of her head. So it looked like she was really tall. And then she put the robe around her and it was really long or whatever. And she was just in the basement going, woo, I'm scary. Woo. But then she hit, <laughs> she, she hit her, the mannequin's head on like the beams in the, in the, in the basement or whatever. And instead of, just going with it, she was like, oh, like she could feel that her head was hit, but it wasn't. And so the, she was acting as the character having hit his head on this beam. It's not funny now that I say it. It's not funny to anyone listening. I'm sorry I, went, I took us here, but it is so funny to me. I, oh. I can see it. I think it's funny. Also, I'm glad that she stayed in character. Is she this did. still something that you have? Yes, we still have it. It's it's in St. Louis somewhere at, at Lori's house. Lori's still like my best friend. I still love Lori. I mean, we're, we we constantly talk. Um, it is one of the funniest things I think. I still to this day, she's. I'm just thinking of this mannequin head hitting a beam, going, "Oh, <laughs> like, like we will someday when you're home. You have to get a copy of that, and for I a will. rusty anchor happy I hour." Will. We will show that <sighs> clip and then a clip. I have so many. I have home movies from the 90s just hanging out in Ooh, my best friend's basement. I have basement. Um, Nikki Glaser and I in the musical comedy murders of 1940 or whatever, where we basically played 
I was Jack and she was Karen, and we basically played just like musical theater nerds. It was really stupid. Wait, but this is different than when me and my high school friends reenacted episodes of Will and Grace in theater class? Yes. Okay, different than that, though. Because we were cast in our parts. Thank you. Well, we were cast, too. Like I told you, we took over the drama club. (laughs) We ousted. No, our teacher was like, go fly, be free. And we were like, we can do whatever we want. (gasps) So we were we cast ourselves. I got wrapped in saran wrap once because of one of those plays, and I passed out during the show. Well, you know the story about my, I played Tinkerbell. Where are we going? I had to start in a clock, and two people fucked in my clock in high school when I played Tinkerbell. And I knew it, and I went on Facebook years later and asked. I was like, who fucked in my clock? I know somebody fucked in my Tinkerbell clock. Who did you find? Who who, who talked in your clock? Actually, save it for the Patreon. Nobody fessed up to it. Because last week we talked about yearbooks, and we found out that I'm actually an evil person. I discovered this about myself when we looked at our yearbooks in last week's Rusty Anchor Happy Hour. That I actually made someone feel bad for making me feel bad, but it was just a game on my part to make them feel bad for making me feel bad. It was I was evil. Well, this week, too, we also talked about how much you hate dog people. I'm sure you gained a lot of enemies this week because of that. Yeah. Sorry, that was last week. I had a lot of a lot of really, really supportive messages of people agreeing with me. And I stand by that message. You stand by it. He's not a new stan. Okay, we're at the (laughs) we're at the we're at the finish line here. We're at the. We're we're at the the we're two at the yard line. Of a disaster the, the eagles are. are about to do a brotherly show. Who are these push. eagles? <laughs> They're about to get Jalen Hurts over that two yard line with his giant quads. Is Taylor there Swift are, there? If Mike Dennison is listening, Mike Dennison knows what I'm talking about. I don't um, know who you are. I know you don't know any of those words. Like yeah, I say Jalen Hurts, and you say it sounds like a like a coffee. Yeah, and get you a fresh cup of Jalen Hurts. Mm, mm. That actually does sound kind of nice. Is he sexy? Quite handsome. Yeah, is he sexy? Send me a I'll send you some pictures. He's okay. got really. He can bench like I don't know, four hundred pounds or something. He's bench got, is the quarter, one. Is that the one where we do the squats or like yes. squats? I guess you used no, to do CrossFit. Is, you should know this. No, I didn't do CrossFit. I just watched everyone else do it, and I made videos. That's basically what I did. <laughs> um, but <laughs> all right, <laughs> we are okay. So sorry if anyone's still listening. If any, I know we've lost people. So, okay, Dusty Fox Rue returns to the station after Hillary has refused to die on her show, and and this time Rue has brought her husband, Big Daddy Hubie, and she is not happy. Mm-hmm. She threatens to shut the whole station down. Yeah. But in this moment, we learn that Big Daddy Hubie has actually been messing around. He's been hooking up with a woman who plays the live music mm. on the show at the radio mm. station. And Hillary's like, and they're like, we're going to shut it down. And, and Hillary's like, oh, are you now? Or, or should I actually give you the gossip show that you actually want? And it's a show about how a particular advertiser's husband <sighs> is sleeping with a particular musical star. Hillary's evil. So she's basically like, Keep all of your advertisements on the air, by the airspace, blackmail, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and she blackmails her. And um, and there's a moment where Rue actually goes, oh, blackmail. And it reminded me of uh, on the Golden Girls when Blanche and Dorothy in Goodbye, Mr. Gordon, 
where they're like, we're not going to sit here and pretend to be lesbians. Mm -hmm. And Rose goes, Blanche, if you leave, they'll fire me. And Dorothy's like, good. And Rose is like, if I lose my job, I won't be able to do anything but sit home and tell Say No Love stories. Blackmail. And, and Blanche goes, blackmail. She's like, they don't call me Harold Goldstein for nothing. Uh, it's great. Uh, but at, at the end of the episode, everybody keeps their jobs at the radio station. It's the whole episode. And I, like I said, I, I thought it was fun and campy. And and it really did just like bring me back to a like like a fun time of, yeah, mm -hmm. when sitcoms were like, like simple and I don't know. I really liked it. It brought me back to um, a YouTube search of Hillary Baldwin videos of her dropping her accent. Um, but I still enjoyed that. Weren't you like, well, like when I, it's tough. I want to say, because Mad Men obviously has very, very good story and good arcs and really great acting. Mm -hmm. But weren't you, didn't you find yourself like, like sucked into the world? No. No. I felt like I was in a weird production with bad camera quality. But I'm curious to know what everybody else thinks. If anybody else is able to watch it. I mean, I could be, trust me, I'm okay being an outlier here. Y'all know I am fine on my own little island. But I, it just, it didn't, it just didn't, it didn't rub, I didn't hate it. Don't get me wrong. I didn't hate it. It's not like I was, not like I was like appalled by it or anything. I, it just didn't grab me. I, I have no, other than Rue's moments, I have no sort of like, emotional like oh that was good you know what i mean like it just didn't mm. nothing really hit me okay well i'm very curious to know what your golden takeaway is if it's even related mm. to the show guess you'll have to see when we come back with our golden takeaways We are back with our golden takeaways, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your lives or the lives of our listeners. Carrie Doherty Bush Baldwin, um, uh, America, Boston, Ferreira. What is your golden takeaway from this episode? I'm so glad you asked, Julianne Moore. My <laughs> golden takeaway is I, I hope that as we do more beyond Golden Girls, I want to see Rue McClanahan in more red wigs. Mm -hmm. She truly did look so good in that wig. And I want to see her as a redhead more. So mm -hmm. that's my golden takeaway is she was just, she was stunning in that wig. Stunning. Stunning. My golden takeaway from this episode is I, I obviously I love Rue McClanahan and I in at the beginning when I was talking about her post Golden Girls performances I brought up one that I haven't stopped thinking about the entire time we've been talking about this episode which is her performance in Wicked on Broadway when she played I forget her character's name but she she plays who Michelle Yeoh is playing in the film version and the film version the first part of it's a two-parter of the film version comes out this year which just happens to be our own 10th anniversary so when we do, when this film comes out, we're gonna find every video we can of Rue in Wicked and our beyond will be Rue McClanahan in Wicked. And I am so looking forward to that. Why? Because, so if you can't find me, look to the Western sky. That's the song from Wicked. I know. Rather find a fighting 
popular. Gonna be popular. I guess we felt bad. <laughs> I just wanted to see how long that silence was going to go on for. Oh, holy shit. Everybody, this has been another episode of Out on the Lanai. We hope no, you enjoyed this. has not been Out on the this. Lanai. This has been an unhinged oh. Out on the Lanai. This is, this is Out on the Prairie. Yeah, this is out on the prairie. We hope you've all, I have not even been drinking. We start our no. Rusty Anchor happy hour. That's when I drink. Yeah. This I've had so, so much fun. We hope that you all enjoyed this. And let us know if you watch this episode of Remember When, what you think about it. And in the meantime, be sure to uh, go to our Patreon, Golden Gr- uh, patreon.com slash Golden Girls Podcast. Sign up. You can sign up for free. And then if you want, you can upgrade uh, for more bonus content. Um, but we've, we've really been having a lot of fun with it. So we hope that you will check it out. Otherwise, we will catch you back here next week for more Golden Girls greatness. And guys, remember, we are part of Mem, Moguls of Media. So go on and support Mom Plus and all the other fantastic podcasts over at Mom. They're doing so many fun things this year. I'm so excited. And you can find us on social media at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, out on the Lanai Official on Instagram, Golden Girls Pod on Facebook, and I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines on everything. And I am Squid Eat Squid on Twitter and Squidzy on Instagram. And if you have a moment you want to help us out, give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast. That would be mm. super awesome and help other mm. people discover our lovely uh, kick-ass community of Golden Girls fans. And remember. As always. Or remember when. <gasps> I like that. Yeah. Very good. As always. Very good. Stay, Stay golden! golden! God, what a And come show. see me over at the cop show, because I'm going to have a pretty good time. Oh, well, why don't you come up and fuck me sometime? <laughs> Out of the I is not endorsed by Whit Thomas Harris Productions, Touchstone Television, Disney, or any of its subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, audio, and video clips of the Golden Girls are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. <laughs>